Hello everyone, I'm T.D. Worthington, pastor of the Pathway Baptist Church in Goldsboro, North Carolina, and this is Pathlight. And we're indeed privileged to have the opportunity to come into your home, your automobile, your place of business today by way of radio, or if you happen to be listening to this on social media or one of our podcasts, we are still extremely happy to have you a part of the Pathlight family today. This is the season of the year for giving, and we're going to be talking about that a little bit today, the gift of giving, the gift of Christmas grace that allows us to give. We're going to be talking about that in just a few moments. Just before we get around to the message, I'd like to mention to you about Pathway Christian Academy in Goldsboro. We offer an academically sound Christian uh, educational program in a safe environment. And if you'd like more information, we have kindergarten four through grade 12. Now, I will tell you, there's limited availabilities, and we do not have a lot of availabilities, and actually some of the classes are closed. But if you have a child and would like information on enrolling, perhaps perhaps for second semester, if there are availabilities, we'd be glad to help you. Why not give us a call or check us out online, Pathway Academy dot org and you'll find a lot of information there about the school then if you'd like to call and set up an appointment or whatever of course we'd be more than honored to uh, to help you with that if you will again that's pathway academy dot org well just before our message today on giving christmas giving specifically we've got a musical selection coming your way so i hope you'll stay tuned for today's entire program this is evie to sing to sing for us today Oh 
again, we want to thank you for tuning in to today's edition of uh, Pathlight here on Go Mix, uh, Go Mix Radio. I'd like to speak with you today for just a few minutes on the subject of giving, Christmas giving specifically, and the grace that accompanies Christmas giving. You know, it would be kind of odd for a child to open up all their Christmas gifts and open up all their presents, perhaps on Christmas morning, and then beholding the bounty of gifts, look around to mom and dad and say, Mom, Dad, I just want you to know I deserve all this. I deserve, actually, I probably deserve more, but uh, I appreciate you recognizing the fact that I deserve all these, all these gifts. Well, of course, no parent would want to hear that from a child because the child would be totally missing the point. The people the child should be thanking are the parents because they bought the gifts and freely gave them. And of course, the child should also be thanking the Lord because he provided the parents or the loved ones, the grandparents or whoever it was that presented the gifts. He presented the resources for the parents to be able to do that. You see, the parents were not trying to show how much their child deserved. When you buy your child gifts this Christmas season or for your grandchildren or whatever, those you care about, you're not trying to show them how much they deserve. You're trying to show them how much you love them, how much they're loved. And that's the reason you buy the gifts. That's the reason you wrap them up pretty. That's the reason you search all over everywhere to find that gift that they want, that particular toy or piece of clothing or whatever it might be that they want. The reason you do that is, is not because they deserve it, but because, because you love them. The child should know that without the parents, they would have nothing. On Christmas morning, they'd have no gifts at all if it wasn't for people that wanted to show them their love. When little children want to buy their parents' presents, usually unless they're old enough to earn the money, but a lot of children are so small they're not able to. So if they want to give their their parents a, a gift, they have to ask their parents for the resources to do it. If they hope to bless their parents, they first need to admit that they don't have the means on their own to bless their parents. The only way they can bless their parents with a gift at Christmas time is by asking the parents to give them the money to do it. Now, here again, I realize as a child gets older, they may can earn the money by doing chores around the house or whatever. But I remember many years when I was a, a little boy that dad would give me some money to go buy my mom a gift on her birthday or whatever it was. And, you know, I was honored to be able to do that, wanted to do that and would look for some little trinket or something that I could buy for her for that uh, for that special occasion. Often, parents freely give the child the money or the opportunity to earn the money, not because dad really wants one more handkerchief or because mom wants more plastic earrings. No, they give the child the money to buy them, the parents, a gift because they know one of the greatest joys in life is not to receive but to the give, but to give. And the parents want to bless the child by giving them this great joy and teaching them this great joy, the joy that can only come from pleasing those you love most and by giving unto them. They show their love for their child by giving them the gift of giving. Now that's exactly the way it is with our Heavenly Father and His children. We would have nothing to give if it wasn't for God. Therefore, we shouldn't boast about the gifts we're giving 
but rather about the giver, one who supplied the resources to buy the gifts in the first place, James 1.17. And for us to really be able to please God, we must first admit we cannot do it on our own. John 15.5 says, without me, Jesus puts it this way, says, without me, ye can do nothing. So if I'm going to please God by giving to him or by serving him or whatever it might be by worshiping him, I cannot do it without his power and grace allowing me to do it. We must ask God to give us the power and even in some cases the desire to please him according to Philippians 2.13. And often he will. But he doesn't give us the means to please him because he needs more pleasure. He's perfectly happy within himself. He doesn't need me to add to his greatness. When I bow down to worship the Lord, he doesn't say, thank you for doing that. You just made me greater. I can't make God any greater by anything I do. I can't God make God richer or more bountiful by anything I would give him. The psalmist would say this in Psalm 1611, In thy presence is fullness of joy. At thy right hand there are pleasures forevermore. But you see, he gives us means to give because one of his greatest acts of love is helping us to love him. One of his great pleasures is helping us to please him. For as Jesus himself said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. That's in Acts 20, 35. It's not that mom needs a, a, a new plastic necklace that you get from the dollar store. That's not why dad gave you the money to go buy her a gift. He wanted you to learn the pleasure of giving. And as, you, as the child wraps up that gift and puts it in a little box and puts a bow on it perhaps and puts it in her stocking or under the Christmas tree and the child's so excited about giving, that's what dad wants. It's not that mom needs a new plastic necklace. It's not that he needs another handkerchief. It's, it's really not about that at all. He's teaching the child about giving and the pleasure that comes from giving to those you love. Therefore, regarding the Lord, through his grace, he gives us the priceless gift of being able to please the one we should love the most. He gives us the gift of giving to himself. God forgives us for his glory. He makes us new for his glory. And he even causes us to produce good fruit for his glory. And all of it benefits us. Certainly it does. But it's also meant to glorify him, which benefits us even more. Often, often times in our desire to give God all the praise, we seek to do this by diminishing ourselves. The desire to give all the credit to God is a holy desire, but the way we seek to fulfill this desire can be and often is misguided, I'm afraid. Just as parents wouldn't want their child to feel that they deserved all the gifts, there's another end of that spectrum sitting in the corner because they did not deserve all those gifts. Deserve all those gifts. In other words, there's a happy medium here somewhere. I didn't want my children to feel like they deserved all the gifts, but at the same time, I didn't want them to be sad because they got the gifts. I wouldn't want that. I wouldn't want my child to, uh, to, to walk in and I hand him gifts on Christmas morning and before he even opens it, he says, I can't accept this because I don't deserve any gifts. I wouldn't want him to feel that way either. Just like I wouldn't want him to say, Dad, I deserve this. I also wouldn't want him to say, Dad, I can't accept this because I'm unworthy. I wouldn't want that as a parent. Neither would God. 
Rather, we want to give to our child and we want our child to be ecstatic about getting gifts and giving gifts about both about giving and receiving. They just want that joy to be coupled with gratitude for their assistance rather than pride in themselves. I remember being a little child and I'd buy my mom something that dad gave me the money to buy her because I wasn't old enough to earn it. And I'd go buy her some little trinket from the from the five and dime. And, and boy, I was so excited when she opened it up and she made a big deal out of it. And I'd often look over at dad and I'd kind of smile and he'd smile back at me because you see, I knew I, that was my little way as a little boy acknowledging dad, without you, I couldn't have bought this <laughs> without you. You even helped me pick it out, dad. Thank you so much. Mom is really happy with this little plastic necklace I bought for her for 25 cents. And, and dad, I couldn't have done it without you. People are often fearful of truly accepting how holy and pure our God has justified us to be because they worry they're being prideful if they admit such things. Subconsciously, we sometimes translate the words of John the Baptist. Remember in John 3.30 where John said, he said this, he said, I must increase, I'm sorry, he must increase, but I must decrease. Remember that? And, and sometimes we translate that into a verse that says, for him to become great, I must make sure that everybody knows that I'm nothing but a loser. And of course, that's not true at all. When John said what he said, he didn't mean that for Jesus to be seen as great, he must be seen as some kind of an idiot. That's not what John is saying. What he meant was that his publicity and fame needed to die because the real star was here, and that was Jesus, and that star was to take preeminence. John knew that Jesus came to the earth to show everyone how amazing God really is so that they would turn to him benefiting themselves in the process and praising Jesus. And the way God shows his beauty or shows the beauty of himself is by making it clear that Jesus deserves all the credit for everything good his people are doing. You had a great worship service this morning. Praise the Lord. You're able to give this morning. Praise the Lord. You hear about a missionary that's doing a great work and leading people to Christ. You praise the Lord. He gets all the glory. As John the Baptist explained it this way, he said, a man can receive nothing except it be given him from heaven, John 3, 27. John says, I can't do anything for the Lord unless he gives me the strength. I can't serve him in any way unless he gives me the strength. I can't give anything to him unless he gives me the ability to give unto him. So we should seek to glorify the Lord not by shining less, but rather we should seek to glorify the Lord by embracing his power so that we can shine brighter while giving all the credit for our brightness to him. I want to shine bright, not for my glory, but for his. And when someone says, Pastor, you did a good job, or Pastor, that was good, or Pastor, that ministered to me, or Pastor, I, I appreciate what you're doing, I want to be able to give all the glory to the Lord and say, it was, it was him working through me. It wasn't my power. It wasn't my intellect. It wasn't my might that did that. It wasn't my resources. It was his all the glory. Thank you for your compliment, and I really appreciate that, and I'm glad to know that God is using me to minister to you, but that is the point. God is doing it. God's ultimate aim in everything is to bring himself glory, not because he's on some ego trip, but because that works out good 
for us. How? Well, we'll consider this. As human beings, we often try to glorify ourselves, glorify ourselves by pushing others down. And I remember before I got saved, I was kind of prone to do that. I was, uh, I was in the business world, and, and I wanted to achieve something in the business world, and I wanted to, to step ahead of others, and I wanted to have advancement. I wanted to have promotion. I wanted to have titles after, uh, you know, before my name that I held this position or that position with the company. And I realized as a, or thought I realized at least as a lost person, that the easiest way to do that is step on somebody else. I push you down. I can rise up. I can climb upon you to get to the top. And, and sometimes in my life, I was guilty of that before I came to know the Lord. That's the way man always does it. It's a cutthroat world. We see that during the election season, don't we? Uh, do, do we not? Where one fellow who's running against another fellow, he just pushes the other guy down. This guy's a crook. This guy's no good. This guy's a, a, a thief or whatever the case might be. And he pushes the other guy down to lift himself up. And that's, that's the way things are often done in the world. But God doesn't do things that way, does he? God brings glory to himself by raising his people up. He didn't raise me up so I could modestly sit in the corner as a dull and dim flickering light. No, he raised me up to shimmer. He raised me up to shine brightly for his glory. And that's the interesting thing about the Lord. He didn't save you so you could sit in the corner and, and feel like you were a loser. He raised you up to shine brightly. And as you shine brightly, as you achieve, as you accomplish things for his glory and people take note of it, that brings glory to the Lord. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 4 through 7, the word of God says this, But God, who is rich in mercy, for his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were yet dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ. It goes on to say, by grace are you saved. And has raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us through Jesus Christ. You and I are trophies today of God's grace. We are trophies. You know, when you achieve something, when you do something, you know, you excel in sports or whatever, you might get a trophy. We are trophies of God's grace to show eternity in the future, the, the bountifulness or, or the, lack of, uh, the lack of boundaries, maybe I should say, upon his love and upon his grace. An architect is praised because of the magnificent structures he is able to help build and create. He's designed this beautiful building, this wonderful building, and he's, uh, he's uh, led the contractors in building this building. And he isn't threatened that a building might get all the praise. Well, that building has a grand opening, and, and perhaps people stand back and look at it and say, wow, that is a beautiful building. The architect is not threatened by that. He's elevated by that. It makes him feel good that you're complimenting the building he has built. Because whether at that moment you acknowledge it or not, he knows within himself that he's the one that was the instrumental spearhead of that building. That if he had not designed it, if he had not prepared it on paper and blueprint long before it was ever constructed, and he designed it to be strong and mighty and, and so that it would stand for years and years to come and in the process also be beautiful, 
that it would be a building that could keep folks warm in the winter and keep them cool in the summer and protect them if they were inside its walls. And the architect takes great pleasure in that. He knows that the more beautiful he makes the building, the more praise he will receive. If the building created itself, then it would be worthy of receiving the praise, but the building did not create itself. That building was made by a builder. It was designed by an architect just as a Christian was designed and built by Christ. Before the foundation of the world, God planned you, designed you, if you will, knew you even before the foundation of the world. And he wants you to be conformed to the image of Jesus Christ. And we're not to boast in ourselves. We're God's workmanship, created unto good works, it says in Ephesians 2, verses 9 through 10. So like a child on Christmas morning, we need to remember the gifts we receive and the gifts we give are because of God's grace and not because of our own merit. This does not mean we should not boast at all. In fact, God actually expects us to boast. Did you know that? He expects us to boast. But we're to boast about him. 2 Corinthians 10, verse number 17, the word of God says this, But he that glorieth, let him glory in the Lord. Now that verse doesn't say you shouldn't glory. It doesn't say you shouldn't boast. It doesn't say that. It doesn't say you shouldn't boast at all. It just says when you do boast, when you do glory, do it in the Lord. Give God the glory. Give God the credit. Acknowledge that it is not because of your intellect or your might or your resources, not because of your ingenuity. It was God that allowed you to flourish. And when you shine brightly, that's okay. God doesn't tell you not to shine brightly. He wants you to shine brightly. He wants you to be prosperous. John puts it this way. He said, I want you to prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers. I don't know about you, but that's a lot of prosperity when you think about that, because your soul is very prosperous through Christ. But don't glory in that. You glory in the Lord. I think that's why Paul puts it this way. He says in Galatians 6, 14, but God forbid that I should glory, he says, save in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. He doesn't say God forbid that I would glory in anything. He said God forbid that I'd glory in myself, my abilities, things that I accomplish. But let my glory in be in Christ Jesus the Lord. We're not supposed to diminish the amazing work of God in our lives. The amazing work of God in our hearts. We're supposed to fully recognize his grace while giving him glory for it. So over this holiday season, I want to encourage you as parents to teach your children about giving. Teach your children about giving, about how it delights you to help enable them to give. And teach them when you see that smile on their face when they give you that little that handkerchief or whatever it is they can afford. And, and, and they know it's not as big as everybody else's gifts. They know it, it doesn't shine as brightly as something that someone else may give you. But let them know how it pleases you. And you'll see their face radiate with glow and they'll recognize that gift of giving. That's what we want to teach our children. That's why we allow our children. We always encourage our children to give. 
Their budget was meager, and oftentimes we had to help them. If they were old enough, we gave them chores to do around the house so that they could earn money to give to, 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 to their grandparents and to us and to their brothers and sisters. And, and, and we, they were too young to earn money. We'd sometimes give them a little budget. And we'd say, you know, here's, here's a, a little budget here, and you take this, and you make sure you, you use it wisely so you can buy mom something and buy dad something and buy your sisters and brothers something and, and, and buy your grandparents something because we wanted them to learn the gift of giving. And what I'm telling you today is God wants you and I to do the same thing. He wants us to learn the joy that comes through giving. That's what our Lord wants from us, to learn that. So he equips us. He allows us to give. He provides for us to give. That's one of the things we like to stress during our fund drives, during our share at the radio station. God wants to give to you so you can give. So you can give to bless others and for his glory. God will give you just like you give to your children money or gifts or whatever it might be to give to others. God wants to do the same thing for you also. He says it's more blessed to give than to receive, but yet the Bible also teaches us you can't receive anything that God don't provide. So he wants to provide for you so you can give. And Christmas time, there's no better season of the year to learn that principle to teach that principle to your children and to be reminded of that principle in your own life. The grace that allows us to give, the grace that allows us to receive gifts from each other during this wonderful holiday season is typified by the greatest gift of all, that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son to live upon this earth and die for us on the cross that we might have life abundant and life eternal. Well, once again, I want to thank you for tuning in to today's broadcast of Pathlight. We really appreciate so much you being with us today. And if these programs are a blessing to you, we would indeed enjoy hearing from you. And uh, if you enjoyed the program and you say, I've got a friend that I wish they could have heard this, but it was on radio, so I guess it's too late now. We do have a Pathlight podcast. Check that out on whatever uh, app that you use to receive your podcast. Check out Pathlight Podcast. Just do a search. You'll find that. Not only will you find this program, but you'll find archives of other programs waiting there for you that you can uh, that you can listen to. And I hope you'll do that. Until next time, this is T.D. Worthington wishing you a wonderful holiday season. May God bless you as you serve him over this coming week.